One of the words that are very commonly used by Hasidim especially is the um, concept, the idea of Hashgocha Pratis, divine providence, which was a, a mainstay of the teachings of the Baal Shem Tov. Um, how everything in this world, every detail in this world, is all um, by divine providence. Um, interestingly, I, I heard that uh, one of the uh, senior shluchim, Rabbi Feller, should be well, from Minnesota, once wrote an article, I believe for the Jewish press, and he wrote about divine providence. And the Rebbe um, looked it over and added a word. He edited, instead of divine providence, he said that it's divine personal providence. Because really, in Hebrew, the word pratis means personal, individual. So when we say that everything is by divine providence, we're really not doing justice to the concept. Divine providence means that everything comes from Hashem. The idea is that everything, every personal, every detail of what happens is also by divine providence. In other words, the way uh, most things are in this world is we have a certain purpose, a certain goal to do something, and then there's unintended consequences. So we do an act because we have to, and then certain things happen on the side because they just have to happen. Um, so uh, just for, to oversimplify matters, I have to take something out of the closet. Meanwhile, I knock over a couple of other things. Um, so this was, I, I wanted to take something from the closet, but by the way, other things happen. Divine personal providence means that even though I have to take something out of the closet, so I have to reach in and, and take something, but also the things that are moved over on the side are also moved each one for their own reason. And that's a very, very powerful concept to think about, that in Hashem's world, everything that's affected, even seemingly by the way, in Hashem's world, there's no unintended consequences. That idea, I think, is very beautifully brought out in Irashi, in this week's Parsha, um, the way it's explained by the Rebbe. And I want to give over the basic idea. The Pasuk talks about the story of the daughters of Tzlafchad who came to Moshe Rabbeinu. Um, and they were asking for inheritance in the land of Israel. Um, the way the laws of inheritance were until that point was that only the sons would inherit. They had no brothers. Their father had passed away. So these five women came to Moshe and said, we also want to have a part in the land of Israel. Moshe did not know the halacha. He says, wait, I will ask Hashem. Hashem came back. Uh, then Moshe came back and says, Hashem said, you are right. And therefore, in this case, daughters should also receive part of the inheritance. And that became the halacha for all time. Rashi says, comments and says, This halacha was hidden from Moshe. And Rashi continues, why was it hidden from him? And he says that Moshe here was being really um, punished. For the fact that he um, took a certain sense, I guess a certain sense of ego. When Moshe Rabbeinu said, when he appointed judges for the Jewish people, he says, you judge the Jewish people and anything that's difficult, bring to me and I will respond. That statement of Moshe, anything that's difficult, bring to me, seems to have had some level of ego, at least for the level of Moshe Rabbeinu. And therefore he was punished here where Hashem saw to it that he forgot a halacha. He forgot a din, he forgot a halacha. And that was a punishment for that statement that he made. Rashi continues and says, Davar um, Acher, alternatively, really this Pasha should have said through Moshe, should have been written through Moshe, but because these daughters of Slavchad were great and special holy women, so therefore they merited that it should be written in the Torah through them. 
Okay, so seemingly we have here two explanations. Why is it that Moshe Rabbeinu forgot the halacha? Um, explanation one is that it's a punishment for Moshe because of something um, egotistical that he said. And explanation number two is, you know, really Moshe could have said it, but they were very meritorious and therefore it was said through them instead of him. The Rebbe, however, explains that really it's not two separate explanations. They're both true explanations and they're both necessary. And he explains the following. According to the first explanation, that Moshe Rabbeinu was being punished for something that he said, the question is, he had said that 40 years earlier, because that was said when the judges were appointed, and that's the first year uh, when the Jewish people left Mitzrayim. The story of the daughters of Slavchad is 40 years later. If Hashem was uh, trying to punish or teach Moshe Rabbeinu a lesson, why would he wait 40 years um, before teaching him this important lesson that what he said was inappropriate? So therefore, the first explanation alone is inadequate to say that it was just a punishment. And therefore Rashi says, okay, well, because there's another point, which is that these women had a special zuchus, a special merit, and therefore this parsha was supposed to be said through them. However, says the Rebbe, the second explanation alone is inadequate as well. Because even if they had a special merit, and it should be written through them, why is that at the expense of Moshe? Rabbeinu, him having the merit of saying the halacha. After all, the fact that one is meritorious and deserves reward can never be at the expense of someone else. So the fact that they were meritorious is wonderful. Why would that take away Moshe Rabbeinu's merit in having this halacha written? And that's why we go back to the first explanation, that Moshe had to lose a halacha at some point because of this punishment necessary for what he had said. And therefore, the Rebbe contends that these two explanations are not meant to be exclusive of each other, but they build on each other. Again, explanation one says, Moshe had to lose something, and yet the, this loss that he had to go through had to wait 40 years because they were the ones who were meritorious of... Uh, who had the merit that the halacha should be said through them. The Rebbe goes on to say, though, something interesting. We find only twice that um, Rashi uses this expression that a halacha was hidden from Moshe Rabbeinu. Once here, um, in this story of the daughters of Slavchad, and once um, in the part in the story of Zimri and Pinchas. We have recently where Zimri, who's one of the leaders of the Jewish people, is going to it wants to sin with tremendous immorality right in front of Moshe Rabbeinu um, with, the, with the Midianite princess. And he comes to Moshe and says, uh, you know, I'm going to live with this um, princess. You know, what are you going to do about it, basically? And Moshe doesn't know what to do. Moshe doesn't know what to do. And it's Pinchas, last week's Torah portion, was able to stand up and he knows what to do. And he takes and he kills both um, Zimri and Cosby in their act of sin. So that's another time that Moshe Rabbeinu Ahalacha is hidden from him. And the question is, why specifically these two times do we find that the Ahalacha is hidden from Moshe Rabbeinu? And the Rebbe explains the following. He says that really, when Ahalacha is hidden from Moshe Rabbeinu, who are the ones who are really losing out of this? Is the Jewish people. Because instead of hearing it directly from Moshe in the regular way, Moshe forgets it and then is given over to them in a secondary way. So why are they deserving of the loss of halacha being heard directly from Moshe Rabbeinu in a direct transmission from Hashem without forgetfulness. Um, so again, even though Rashi told us here that Moshe had to be punished and the women, the daughters of Slavchad, were meritorious, 
But the Jewish people seem to be losing out of the picture by not hearing this halacha directly from Moshe as the rest of the Torah is transmitted. Says the Rebbe that the reason it happened in these two particular places is because in these two places Moshe Rabbeinu could not really have, have said the halacha. And the reason is because we have a concept in halacha and that is when a teacher or rav um, has to give over a halacha, but he has a personal um, gain, or he's uh, personally somehow affected by this halacha, then he can't be the one to teach it. Because there's always, even the greatest person, there could be some self-prejudice um, or some leaning in this halacha. And in these two particular cases, Moshe Rabbeinu, there was some prejudice here. There was some uh, personal um, attachment to the story. And why is that? When Zimri came before Moshe Rabbeinu with the Midianite princess and says, um, why can't I live with her? Why can't I marry her? So Zimri actually insolently insults Moshe Rabbeinu and says, after all, you yourself are married to the daughter of Yisrael. She's not Jewish. And obviously that's a silly argument. Of course, she converted. Nevertheless, that's what um, Zimri says. He says, Bas Yisrei mihi Who said she's perm- Why is your wife permissible to you, and this Midianite princess is not permissible to me? So Moshe Rabbeinu was directly insulted, and therefore he wasn't really the one who could give over this halacha at that time to the Jewish people. Similarly, when the daughters of Slavchad came before Moshe Rabbeinu and they say, "Our fathers, our father died." in the desert, they immediately said, he wasn't from those who argued against Moshe. He wasn't from the people of Korach. He wasn't from anyone who argued and didn't accept Moshe's authority. Rather, he died for his own personal reason. So by saying that, what they did was they immediately implicated Moshe Rabbeinu. Our father wasn't a fighter of yours. Our father was a follower. As soon as they said that, Moshe Rabbeinu is implicated, and really he can't be the one to say the halacha. So that anyway, the Jewish people would not be able to hear this halacha transmitted from Moshe Rabbeinu himself. That's why this is the correct place for Moshe Rabbeinu to forget or for this halacha to be hidden from him. So here we have really three reasons that come together. Firstly, why did Moshe Rabbeinu have to forget the halacha? Because there was some level of ego on his part 40 years earlier. Second of all, why did it wait for this time? Because these women were meritorious that it should be said by them. But, but thirdly, why should the Jewish people lose out? The answer is because this halacha could not be told to them through Moshe Rabbeinu anyway, being that he's directly implicated. Which brings us back to what we began with, how every detail in Hashem's world, when something happens, when someone forgets something, so it works out because <clears throat> that person had to forget it works out that no one else is being hurt over here because of this forgetfulness. And the one who remembers, there's a special reason why they remember as well. That's the beauty of the Hashgacha Pratis, of the divine personal providence in every detail in Hashem's world. There's no unintended consequences. Rather, everything is part of the perfect plan and everything has a perfect reason of why it happens, how it happens, when it happens, and through whom it happens. Have a wonderful Shamas.